I love it. I love it. Welcome, everybody. Gate 7 International. There is the surprise, the new intro. I hope you guys liked it. Uh, get, got me fired up. Man, I've got goosebumps every time I hear it. Uh, we've been waiting. been very excited to share that with you. Uh, Costa, are you as juiced as I am? Uh, seriously, I'm, I get goosebumps, man, every time <laughs> I hear it. I think I think I've listened to it, watched it probably more than anyone. But yeah, man, oh, yeah. very proud. And uh, yeah, told you guys that there was a little surprise if for everybody that tuned in live for the show. Of course, if you didn't, you're listening, you can go back and watch it again if you want. You can do that now, even if you like. But yeah, man, uh, I want to give a massive shout out to our friend Gus Drax who wrote that for us. Um, can't say, like, thank you is not enough. Really, thank you is not enough. Uh, we definitely dreamed of this moment, I can say. Yeah. It's definitely, it, it, it's, it's exactly what I had in mind, like, when I when I was thinking about, like, new intro music. So, Gush Drax, thank you so much for for making that for us, man. We just, we just leveled up, for me, with your help. Um very, very grateful, man. Again, as I said, um, thank you is not enough. Absolutely. And we'll share it on socials too. So uh, if you missed the intro, of course, you can always tune back and listen, but we'll share it on socials so everybody can listen to the new intro that maybe missed out on it. And if you're like me, I, I've been listening to that nonstop. It gets me going <laughs> in the morning. It gets me juiced. But anyway, uh, thank you again. Gus Drax is incredible. You, you're, you have incredible skill. You could be like one of those Dragon Force. Uh, uh, you could be the Dragon Force guitars, as far as I'm concerned, man. Incredible skill. Uh, glad to have you guys back. Lovely Sunday, not just because of the intro, but because we won three nothing. So big stuff coming up. A lot of discussion to get to here. And for everybody, as always, don't forget to like and subscribe. You love that intro. You love what Gus Drax did for us. That juiced you. You want to talk red white. Help us continue to grow the red and white community so new people can join in the conversation, new people can engage with all of us, and more people can listen to that amazing guitar shredding solo. Hit that button, help the engagements, help us continue to grow this community. And as always, before we get started with the actual content, a couple words from our sponsors. Uh, if you are shipping anything in and out of Greece from the United States, the UK, Australia, doesn't matter. Check out our friends Piraeus International. You can visit them online, www.piraeusintl.com. For any of your transshipping needs, you can give them a call at 410-675-4696. And Champions League is back. Champions League, Europa League, Conference League, which means betting time is back. Now, I messed up this week. Schedule was awful, so I did not get any of those betting cards up. I do apologize. I will fix that for next week. So, Hit the promo code GATE7INTL and use it at betus.com.pa when you set up and you get a 125% deposit boost. And you guys can bet with us. Uh, we will do our best to try and give you guys the best bets and make the most informed bets, even if you're not using BetUS, whatever platforms you use so that you can make some money. And we would love to be able to help with that. And also, before we get into some post-match, Costa, Libyacos BC. These guys... These guys, they're such a joy to watch this this season and last season too. It's uh, an insatiable desire that they have to just keep on winning, and I think they've picked up a really like a, a really good groove. 
um, coming towards the end of the regular season, the Euro League, and they've done it today. You know, they they beat Panathinaikos yesterday, thrashed Panathinaikos in the semi final, and won it comfortably today. I was talking with my father earlier, and he was saying, "Oh, you know what? If they cock it up, and it's like, well, I mean, they've really got to suicide it to lose yeah. against Beristadi. No disrespect, but." So what, the only way they could lose tonight is you know, by their own hands. I'm sorry. And and in the end, it's what, with a 30-point difference again. Yeah. So these guys just keep keep doing us proud. And um, they, they're, I'm not going to lie, they're creating a lot of expectation this season. Uh, everybody expects to get to the final four, um, some even more so to go ahead and just win the whole damn thing. But if anything, whenever you watch the basketball team this year, you you're entertained, like you're, you're enjoying what you watch, you feel the team atmosphere, um, you know, the family spirit in the team, the fight, the passion, everything you expect from Olympiacos and uh, big up, big up the basketball guys once again. Onwards Absolutely. And yeah, seriously. And as if you're not even a basketball fan, guys, they're fun to watch. I have never watched as much basketball as I have this season. They, they are so much fun. Uh, you never feel like we're out of it. Even if we go down at any point in the game, you just always feel like we're in it. I know nothing about basketball. I never played basketball, but they're so much fun to watch. And I have been following along this season, and it's going to be because of them this season that I continue to watch it. Uh, end of last season and this season. So some great characters on the team, and it really is, it's really been a, a wonderful ride. So I, I really encourage all of you guys to to watch the team follow it because they're a lot of fun got to get the uh red point guard guys on here again speak to them uh and then one more thing that i forgot to bring up as well costa volleyball in the euro finals against maccabi tel aviv they won the semis after a little bit of drama uh that occurred uh some tear gas uh the videos from salvador hidalgo were very interesting but uh, they ended up winning and now they're in the Euro finals against uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv. So exciting stuff for all of Olympiacos' sports. Yeah, man. And that's, I, I lost count how many victories that is against Panathinaikos in the last week. I think two in volleyball and one yep. basketball. And we have Panathinaikos next Saturday as well. So yep. you're just hoping that all of this is uh, building up a nice, a nice storyline to next Saturday, where hopefully we can get our first win in a big game, in a derby. Been saying it for so long. Hopefully, will they do me the favour? And here's another announcement. I will be in Athens next Saturday for the game. Inshallah, got my ticket. I'm leaving on Friday. I'll be I'll be at the Karaiskaiki on Saturday. Anyone who's watching now, if you're watching later, I will put out a message on uh, on our Instagram, on our socials. I'll probably be somewhere outside the um, where you can pick up your membership cards, Carta uh, Filathlu. I'll hang out there for half an hour, 45 minutes. If people want to come over, say hello. Be nice to see as many of you as possible. And hopefully, yeah, hopefully the team rewards me for making the crazy trip over, just a one-day trip to hopefully get a bit of sun and get a taste of the Garais Gagi because it'll be, it'll be my first time this season. I haven't been yet, so... Hopefully, I, I get a, a nice reward from the team on Saturday. I hope so, man. I hope it's a good time. I hope you do enjoy yourself. I hope it's a fantastic occasion. And guys, yeah, go out. 
he's going to be there. Just like when Lambro and I were out there with Martial, it was a pleasure to see so many of you. So if you guys are going to be at the game, go say hi to Costa, have a chat. It's always fun to hang out and see everybody put faces to the listeners uh, that we have on the show every week. We love it, and we love seeing you guys. You are the reason that we continue to keep this going. Well, without further ado, Costa, let's chat some football. Let's do it. Let's chat La Mia. It was uh, a little interesting to get started. We have a tendency to start very slow. We put that actually the pressing intensity chart up earlier this week. That showed that this season, especially like in the first 15 minutes, we are, our press is like the worst. Uh, I, I don't want to say the worst. It's the lowest that it has been, at least in the last five years. So we start these games very slowly. It's visible against the big teams, visible against the small teams. We tend to cop a lot of these early goals because of it. But then the press seems to scale up. And it was the same with this game. We Things did seem to scale up um, after a while. We never really weren't in the driver's seat for most of the game. There were a couple of scary chances. But in the end, we had plenty of opportunities. It was a shame we didn't capitalize on them earlier, but we ended up with a 3 nothing win. Costa, how'd you see the game? I think on the one hand, I want to say more of the same. But looking at the scoreline, you know, someone would be like, oh, you know, why aren't you happy with the 3-0 victory? I think it was just, um, you know, the job that had to be done today against Lamia. It was a tricky, tricky encounter going into it because they're bottom of the table. They just changed manager. Leonidas Vogolos has come in. He did a, he did a good job at Galicia last season in particular. And uh, yeah, it was just one of those games where a lot of people were talking about, you know, okay, this is a, there's a potential banana peel uh, going into this game against Lamia and. You know, in the end, we won it comfortably. But, but like you said, the first, the first ten minutes of the game, they hit the bar every time they recuperated the ball in their own half. They broke very fast in transition, and they just cut through us. Uh, I thought Huang and, and Samaseku had a a hard time finding their positioning. In fact, uh, Mitchell was screaming at Samaseku the first twenty minutes of the game, telling him to stick between the centre-backs, offer them the the the, uh, the first pass so that he can get the team ticking. Uh, and it was it was a bit uneasy, the first 20 minutes. And generally, I mean, thank thank goodness Samaseku scores that wonder goal outside the box, which kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, Ramon being very combative and aggressive on the left-hand side, chasing down a seemingly lost ball. And then, you know, the ball goes out to... To Samaseku, he's open and he takes takes a lovely shot. He curls it into the bottom bottom corner of the net, and it's one 0 going into half time, and that takes the edge off uh, a little bit of the anxiety and the stress from the players, and they go into the second half with uh, a bit more, let's say, confidence with that one 0 cushion, and then and then you know it was a nice pass from Sergi Canos through to Bakambu. wasn't There was no team build up yeah it's just a ball that found its found itself into in Sergi Canos's feet and he plays a lovely through ball that you know, cuts through three three players of the opposition and it's a lovely finish from from Bakambu with his left foot 2-0 and then 3-0 uh, at the end uh, Pep Biel gets uh, gets the third and and again it's one of those games today where Biel is not really 
he's not been great, but not by any stretch. And, you know, his positioning for the third goal, it shows that he's a player that needs to play close to the 18-yard box, more in the centre with one touch. You know, he, he likes to play one touch. He likes to play fast. And he has this tendency when he gets the ball on the right-hand side to carry it a bit too long or get caught in two minds. And again, even without Hammers Rodriguez today, he's he's not chosen to play in that position behind the striker or yeah. So I'm I'm happy for him that he he got a goal, but I, I'm I'm kind of resigned to the fact that we're never going to see him actually play in his proper position this year. But yeah, those are the main <laughs> those are the main points for me uh, looking back at the game today. I, I definitely hear you regarding BL because if we didn't see him play in his natural position today, when are we ever going to see it? And and you already brought it up. The context that I keep telling everybody about with Pep BL when we did the deep dive, when we did the scouting report about where he was most effective, you saw the situation and it was really the only situation he had like that. But he got on the ball very well um, from, a by the way, a vintage play, vintage El Arabi. We have to say too, pulling the ball back, cutting it, playing it quickly in like that was El Arabi. Like I can't, how many times did he do that? We saw that in Greece, Amonia. Remember when he did that against Amonia too? Like vintage El Arabi, you love to see it. Uh, and, and he finished it really cool. He collected it and placed it perfect into the corner. So the, and the unfortunate exactly and the unfortunate thing is like you have so many greeks and i understand that okay yeah you expect these players to be able to adjust and play in different positions but we said like we didn't learn we keep saying that the lesson you learn from copenhagen is that they had the same problem with him on the wing they switched they put him in the mid they played him either behind the striker as a false nine amazing returns and then we go ahead and we were playing him on the side and now because he had that goal, people are going to expect that to be replicated. And it's not going to. You're not going to see that get replicated with consistency if he keeps playing out on the wing. It's one of the more um, frustrating things about Pep BL and his usage so far, at, at the very least this season. So, and regards with, I'm happy that we got the win. You know, the big win against Panatolikos and 3 nothing. I would consider a pretty, a big win, you know, in, in normal scenarios. Maybe with contact with respect to La Mia, being how they've been, you know, maybe some people will expect more goals. But 3 nothing for me is an emphatic win. We have two of them going into Panathinaikos. The important thing is we have to carry some of that into the derbies. We have to be able to replicate this. We have to, we have to be able to replicate what we're doing in these major derbies. So I'm not convinced we're going to see that much. I think it's going to be a very scary game, very ugly, uh, a very ugly game against Panathinaikos as well. So we'll see what we see. But I mean, it's uh, more individuality. You already brought that up. And that's what we're going to be relying on against Panathinaikos is can, do we have individuals that can pull out some individuality against them, make something happen for us? Because as you guys saw today, um, there doesn't seem to be, at, at least that I can see with consistency, a concerted game plan people seeming to do and move where they where they can where they want and that's really about it i mean fortunately today we had some pretty good performances uh 
you know, first and foremost, I would like to bring up Ramon, a player that I wasn't expecting any dividends from this season. He's a project. I saw him as a project signing. I didn't expect much from him, but today got an assist and he had some impact as far as I was concerned, running at defenders, very aggressive, uh, I knew that that was one of the traits that would be valuable coming into Greece, not afraid to get into a tussle with people. Uh, and then the question for me is, you know, we've seen Ramon playing now more here and there. Is this just a break for Oleg? Or do you think we'll see him play against Panathinaikos? What was your opinion on him? And what do you think about his, the potential for him playing against Panathinaikos? Um, I think it's still very early to you know give um an honest or fair reflection on on ramon i think uh, it raises a lot of questions for me about for example why didn't doran leidner get time because you if you if you read and you listen to what greek press have been saying about ramon before we signed him even after the first game, you know, when we started to get some, some, uh, some minutes on the pitch, they said he's uh, tactically not up to speed. He needs to improve on his defense a little bit. Going forward, looks interesting. Exactly the same things that they were saying about Doran Leidner. So, I'm obviously, I'm obviously happy that we kind of have this predicament now that there's some competition at left back. But it just really raises the question more broadly for me about, you know, why why did nobody else? Well, why didn't Leidner get a chance? I mean, we, we, we were trying with Marcelo. Now Marcelo's gone. So, I mean, to focus on Ramon specifically, I think I think if you look at the first goal, we were saying it to each other in the chat. If it was Oleg in that position, the ball would have gone back with the pass. He wouldn't have chased forward and you know tried to drive drive us further towards the 18-yard box. He would have turned and played a safe pass and we would have started again. But he I mean he lost he lost the ball after trying to be positive and then he kept fighting and it was like a ricochet that ended up going back to going back to Samaseku that led to the goal. But that was because he chased it. He chased the ball down, um, so I like that he's. I like that he's combative. I like that he's. He's got a lot of energy. To be fair, when Oleg joined for the first time, it was kind of similar, like in his energy levels, bombing up and down. I think Ramon's yeah. slightly faster. Seems like it. He, he seems slightly faster. Um, there were some, like, at the beginning of the game, he got the ball on the left-hand side and he was under no pressure and he played a one-touch pass and the ball went up in the air like that. Told and, you. And Not thought, the most technical guy. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just like, oh, my God, what was that touch? You know, but I think that was the only the only moment in the game, you know, where, yeah. where he's done something like that. So, ah, props. And shout out to him. He's had an impact, I think, Definitely today in uh, in breaking the deadlock. Um, yeah, it raises a lot of questions, and I don't know what's going to happen long term with Leidner coming back, with Gitsos coming back, with Ramon there, with Reabchuk 
he's still under contract. <laughs> be an interesting summer, not only yeah at left back, but not only. Yeah, and I will I will say this: like it, it, the big differences between Ramon and Leidner. I mean, they both get forward. You brought that up. They both bomb forward. They have no problem overlapping. But Doran Leidner for me is a much more technically gifted player. Now Ramon is way more physical. He's way more physical of a player. Um, so perhaps that could be the proposition there, but Ramon defensively was exposed a couple of times today, uh, or at least beaten. Um, I mean, we'll see what happens going forward. I think it's a, a little bit of an embarrassment of riches. We have three really young left backs that are all coming back. Uh, well, Ramon is here at least, but Kitsos and, uh, Doran Leidner both coming back over the summer. We have three young guys that hopefully, you know, moving forward, we can build something off of. Um, uh, looking towards the Panathinaikos game next week, I think that, I don't know, I always worry about how we run some of these younger guys uh, into some of these very high-stress situations. I'm happy that he got a lot of time against these games, but I'm not going to be surprised at all if we see Oleg come back and start against Panathinaikos. I think that would probably be the more conservative approach. And... I wouldn't be surprised if that's that's what we do. I the one thing that would suck is, you know, we're just not going to have any of those overlapping runs forward. That would be that would be the sucky thing. But I'm going to be honest with you: if I were if I were the coach in a big derby game like this, I probably wouldn't be playing Ramon next week. It's a bigger question because you saw today Doi didn't start. No, he came on, but. I have a feeling that he will end up going with uh, Doyen Rebchuk next Saturday. Yeah. Not that Ba had a bad game. I actually didn't think he played bad. I thought he had a pretty good game. I was waiting for him to do something like, I was like, where are the cards going to come from? He didn't even get a card today. Yeah, no, he didn't have one of those moments. Yeah. Plural moments during the game. Yep. But... Yeah, if we're already thinking ahead to next Saturday and what he might do, I mean, definitely you'll be seeing Jan and Villa coming back into the team. Uh, I can't see Samaseku starting. No. Can't, I, like, what did you think of him today? I mean, besides the goal, which was an absolute beauty. So I'm, I'm not like, I'm not warm, I'm not cold. I'm kind of like, I don't think there's good chemistry with Juan. I don't think he can play in a two-man midfield. I think he needs to play in a three-man midfield. But that means no hammers, which is not an option. No, it's not. And you you see what he is, right? There's n- almost no offensive, like aside from, of course, the wonder goal that he scored, like that notwithstanding, there's not much that he offers offensively for us. The guys, he's about... He's a traditional six. I mean, he's a great ball winner. He won a lot of balls for us in the midfield. Uh, a couple of great interceptions, uh, got involved into a lot of defensive situations, duels, we'll call them, um, and won more than a few that I, I, you know, that I saw. So that's his, that's what he does. But outside of winning the ball back and playing it to Inbom Huang, which is what he did a lot of the time, or playing it, closely out wide he doesn't offer that same distribution that like a Jan and Vila has and this is uh for the for the people that were getting on Jan and Vila's case we put that data up 
And, you know, some of the first things some people said was, oh, look, he doesn't offer anything, anything else. But look at his buildup stats. Like this guy is effortlessly pinging the ball around at great distances. Average His average long pass, a.k.a. any pass that was longer than five meters, 40 meters, or sorry, 10 meters, 40 meters is his average long pass. And he has the highest accuracy in the league. Almost 70%. Sorry, it was 70%, Costa. This guy is pinging 40-meter balls with 70% accuracy. Day in, day out. He's been doing it since he got here at Olympiacos. That's something that Samaseku cannot do. That's something Guillerme could do. But Guillerme, as we've learned, is that's like, you know, we don't find a player like that very often, of that mold that can do all of that. And the other issue with Samaseku was, I mean, his heat map, uh, at least the heat map on SofaScore, I'll check it when it populates on Scout, is everywhere. I expect a defensive or a holding midfielder like that to be maybe a little bit closer to the midfield line or a little bit more central because he's the one that's supposed to be complimenting letting Huang Rong. He was everywhere, like all over the place. And I, I'm not sure if that was supposed to happen, but that could be part of the reason we saw a lot of those spaces. So maybe it's a tactical issue with Samaseko. I don't know. I mean, defensively, like I said, he can win balls. He's actually not so bad at uh, anticipating passes, which is pretty good, but kind of staying in shape sometimes appears to be mm, not something that he really likes to do. But anyway, um, that's how I saw Samaseko, at least. the Has some great defensive traits, but offers us nothing offensively, and it's very difficult to determine his tactical acumen. That's how I see him. Now, of course, we haven't seen a whole lot of him this season. You have to see a lot more to really make that determination. I think all in all, he's only played a few hundred minutes if we tally it all together. But what do you think? I think that's that's a problem that we've seen in in the team definitely after Christmas is that there's an issue with some continuity. Um, I mean, Samaseku had an awful game against Ayak with that own goal in particular, and then, you know, didn't play. Uh, and now he's he's back in again today. He's in a different system. He's playing in a two-man midfield against Ike. It was a three-man midfield. Um, I'm, I think it's the first time he's played with Juan, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, there's... Okay, we clearly know that there's an issue when it comes to chemistry in the team. But, it, yeah, it's not... It's not the easiest thing in the world, just kind of chopping and changing and being a bit part kind of squad player like Samaseku or Fortunis today. And Fortunis had a good uh, good launch, let's say, after Christmas, was an important player for us, and then just kind of disappeared for four or five games, wasn't in squads, wasn't coming on a sub. Today he started, he had a... <sighs> Way below average, like below par game. Oh yeah, it was too, it was too slow. Held held the ball too long. Uh, kept getting knocked over too easily. Yeah, it's on it's on him. Uh, on the one hand, but also like it's not easy. It's not easy for anyone this season. I think, uh, especially if you're coming in and out of the team like that. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. And let me ask you, 
while you brought up the subject of uh, Cosas Fortunis, what everybody's allowed to have a bad game here and there, right? He had a bad game today, we can say. I mean, I love the guy. You guys all know I love midfielders. I love players like him. And for me to say, which I believe he was probably one of the worst players on the pitch today, the number of times he lost the ball. He did have a couple of balls that went in, a key ball. Uh, he had the opportunity where he probably should have scored. If he hits that a little harder, it goes in. Um, where the wh- yeah. uh, what was the defender's name? When we had that triple, that triple chance. Yes, and I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember the defender's name that blocked the right on the goal line. Anyway, he hits that a little harder. He probably scores. So he had a couple of chances, but you know, from the beginning when the the game started, this ref was not calling anything. The whistle was staying, yeah. you know, in in the pocket. Um, and during the course of all of that, you have to adjust as a player. Like, okay, the first couple of times when he gets fouled, taken off the ball, all right, you know what? But when you see the refs not calling that and these players are getting in on you and physical, you need to give the ball up. You're not drawing the fouls. You have to get out, get rid of it quicker, and he never adjusted. And he just kept losing the ball. Uh, Sofa score has him with 19 losses. He lost the ball 19 times. That is way, 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 way too much. Way too much. Um, yeah, I it's it's not a good it wasn't good from him today, but I saw a lot of not just in our own group chat, but I saw on socials there are a lot of people saying, Oh, this is why you can't count on Cosas Fortunis. This is why you can't you the reason he plays, he's not playing just because. You know, we don't just throw him in there just because. You guys saw the data that we put out reg- regarding Cosas Fortunis. He, for the time he's on the pitch, he offers us a lot. Yeah, he had a bad game. But I think we do need to be maybe a little bit more either aware or accepting of what his role with the team is. And I think we had talked about it, was it last show or the show before, where we said probably in an ideal situation, James plays 60 minutes, then you bring Cosas Fortunis on to close the game in that type of situation. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, that's how it is for me. There's some comments coming in saying that uh, BL uh, was probably the worst player. Um, yeah, there's a couple people that have said yeah. uh, Pepio was the worst player. And yeah, I, he was I understand to- he was that. Totally underwhelming. It was totally he was- underwhelming. And then he yeah. and then he got into a position where he can actually do things, and he scored. But that and that's what the my point is. He was not playing in position. Costa was. Yeah, and, also, and, and he ends up getting a goal out of it. So I'm sorry. In the end, I but I I do agree for the most part. I wasn't impressed with BL and how he played. But he ended up getting a goal, and Costa didn't. And result does matter too, guys. So. That would be the only reason. Otherwise, if BL hadn't scored, I would agree 100%. I would have been right there with you guys and said, no, BL was equally for me uh, as bad as Costa. But Costa ended up with no end product today. So for me, that 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 has that says something. As much as I love the guy and as much as I believe that he offers us chances and opportunities, he didn't have a great game today. You guys, a lot of you, you haven't understood what kind of player this is, BL. If you think he's if you think he's a winger that's going to get the ball on the right hand side and run at people, no. I'll bring he's this comment one, back up. He's a one-touch player. He likes to play in and out the box in the middle. The first game 
he played with us against who was it, Ionikos, just after we signed him. We signed him two days later. He's in the starting lineup, goal assist. I think that's the only game this season in the Greek league where he played in that position. He played in that position in the game against Freiburg away where we actually played well. Yeah. But lucky, not spogati. Lucky kills me sometimes, man. I love Masur, Masuras. When Masuras was having a banging season <laughs> last season, you didn't like him. What? That's it, though. What, what expectation do you have of these players? Do we expect Masuras to be Kevin Miralas? No. Okay, you're saying he's a one-touch player. Do we need another one? It's not the same. They're not the same player, if that's what you're insinuating. But I can't, I can't judge a player when everything, everything that we know and every, all the research that we've done, all the people that we talk to. Sorry, can you bring up that comment from Jonas again? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Jonas is a resident in Denmark, in Copenhagen. Says, when you speak with FC Copenhagen fans here in Denmark, first of all, they don't understand why BL is played out of position. And then they say, yes, that's the failure we did. It's exactly it. It's literally the reason why at the beginning of the season, I wrote an article saying, Pep Biel, next Zinkenagel, question mark. All right, we've got James Rodriguez in the team. He has to play because he's the best player in the league with the ball at his feet. He has to play. There's only one position he can play. Is Biel's position as well. Biel has played on the wing before. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. He's being sacrificed. I don't know if James Rodriguez is going to stay next season. I'm not going to stand here and say, oh, we should build the team around Pep Biel next season. Because I've said this before. It's not about building a team around the player. It's about building a team. As simple as that sounds. That's what, that's what Martins did in the second season when Costas Fortunis got injured. He built a team. There was no one player in that team, Martins' second season. There was no one player. Every game, it was someone different who was the star. That's why I'm not going to sit around and say, build a team around Hammers, build a team around Biel. No, build a team around Costas Fortunis. Yeah? So... I know it's one, we, we all know it's one of those seasons. Um, can it, can something change? Can, can a victory in a derby on Saturday make things click into place all of a sudden? I don't think so. But confidence is a very powerful thing. If we win next Saturday, I, I I I don't know. Like it's weird, man. It's like every every episode we come back, and and things happen in the league this season that we don't expect. Yeah, Bauk dropping points against Asteras the other week. Uh, just the there's always a, a surprise result, and and you look at the standings, and you just look at it, and you think if we win on Saturday, we're still in with a shout. 
and we're still like as bad as we are, as bad as we are this season, we're still in with a shout if we win on the weekend. You're not wrong, man. You're not you're not wrong at all. Uh, there's another comment from here. Outlaw Jorge. I think you're being hard on Costa. He looked dangerous. Yes, he made mistakes, but he had impact. That's the player he is. Defense had defense had to worry about him. I look, man, I don't disagree with you. I don't think Costa on this show has a bigger defender of him than me. I don't know how long you've been following us for, but I love the kid. I've been a huge fan of his. So I I understand perfectly well the type of player he is, and I, I will agree with you that that is exactly the type of player he is. This this game, though, uh, you know, unfortunately, like we read between we read between the lines a lot with this player. That's what we do. Right. But in the end, as much as we talk about creation, uh, who creates what, who's doing what end product still matters. So if you're not getting end product, that does that does reflect on the performance. Like, we could talk about Yorgos Masuras, right? Who, by far and away, the the lion's share of the audience, the lion's share of the Libyakos community, think he's a terrible player. But if we look at the num- the runs that this guy makes, how often he gets open into the box and creates situations because of the runs that he makes, how he tracks back, it's it's a different, it's a completely different conversation. But end product matters. And Yoros Masuras hasn't had end product this season, which is there. And therefore, it's why he's not looked upon kindly. But to be fair, even when he was scoring goals last season, people still weren't huge fans of Masuras. It's like he's only valuable if he's scoring. But that's a discussion for another time. And as far as as far as I'm concerned with Costas Fortunis, bad game today. But I am still of the camp that he needs to be playing for us. He needs to, we need him because he is one of the more creative guys that we have. I mean, it still speaks volumes to me when we did the, the stat comparison of him and James Rodriguez and Costas Fortunis playing out of position for the most part mirrored in so many ways, what James Rodriguez offered better tracking back, obviously, but his, his actual end product, his goal threat per 90, a lot of it was better than James. Now, James had him in build-up by far, but the fact that it was so close speaks volumes about the talent level and what he can offer. So I'm not going to agree with the people that think, oh, see, this is what we got from Fortunis. That's why he's not, he shouldn't be on the team. I will disagree with that every day of the week. But I, I do agree that he didn't have his the best of games today. But I think that there's something that we're not saying in all this conversation is that we still have no wingers Batucci well, well, wasn't even on Batucci wasn't even on the bench today. Mm. There's this whole talk that oh he's not ready, he hasn't acclimatized. But I'm calling bullshit. But Sergi Canos for me is he looks like a very tidy player, right? That yeah. that plays with passion, but that just does the basic things well. He does everything well. Like when he plays a pass, it's accurate, it's to feet. It's along the ground. It's well executed. When he played the through ball today, beautiful pass. Yeah. Gorgeous. He's just he's just a tidy player. He does the things that he should do and he does them well. He's 
he's okay. Like when he gets the ball at his feet and he's one on one with the defender, he'll he'll hold the ball. He won't lose the ball. He'll he'll protect the ball well. He he'll try and dribble. If he doesn't, he'll put his body in the way. You know things that he's picked up in England, clearly. So, but but I was a little bit disappointed not to see him on the right hand side today, because I feel like he can be a bit more effective there in making some runs off the ball, uh, those diagonal runs into the box. Uh, he didn't really get into the box today as much as he did in the last game where he was out on the right, and. I'm just going to read this comment. You, you pulled this up from George Gandilis. says, Canos looks very promising with a little more game time. Looks to be a good fit for us. Three games, a goal and an assist after his mother passed. And the way our form is and currently as a new player is impressive. Uh, there's another comment that I wanted to bring up. To my point about us having no wingers, Gus, Gary played 36 minutes that's it, uh, in, uh, in Freiburg. Today, he broke the record, just six. What an embarrassment. Did you see the action? It was in the second minute. He flicked the ball past the past the attacker in our own half. And then you just kind of saw him look a little bit uneasy. And this is before the third minute of the game. The first time the ball comes to his feet. What, what else do you want? I don't know what to say about that, man. Like, after last week when he rolled his ankle, that was early on too. I would never have started him. This guy is, is as Martial said, he's worse than Glass. Glass is stronger than Gary Rodriguez is. I used to joke with people. I used to call him Glass Leg Gary. But I think that is that is probably not giving enough credit to Glass. That's the unfortunate thing. I don't get – I. I kind of, when we saw him, I was like, this guy's going to get hurt. Like that he just, after what we saw last week, there's got to be something, there's got to be something else wrong with him. And then here we go again. It's, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. And this guy, this guy's on contract for one more year. <laughs> We're stuck with him for one more year, Costa. Oh, we got to get, we got to get rid of him. It's absurd. The, the only thing that we had, you know, prior to the winter transfer window, the only thing resembling a winger that we had and he, this guy can't stay healthy or, or give consistent performances as well. This is, this is ridiculous. But it's that's it. ridiculous. And, then, and then that forces players like Pep Biel to go and start on the wing because yep. Masuras is off this season. You've got Canos and then you've got, you've got Rodriguez. We mentioned you've mm -hmm. got Biel, you've got Fortunis playing on the wing sometimes. Is Batucci going to play? I, I I don't know. I don't know. There's there's a funny comment. Uh, <laughs> Ahura oh. Mazda saying Batucci is giving me some Datolo vibes. How Datolo. the hell you remembered him? Man? He was alone from Napoli for six months, wasn't he? Was it Jesus Datolo? I can't remember what his first name was. But, yeah. Um, this is an interesting question from Jonas. When Zink comes back, can you see a team with Zink at right wing, Hammers in the middle, and Biel somewhere in the middle where he plays in position more? Why not? Uh, uh, Why I mean, not? Zink, Zink, if he does come back, I've always said I think he goes and plays out wide and right. I don't, I don't think we have a better player, but then, like, do we keep Canos? And then you have Zink and Canos on the wings. They're both quite quite similar i want to say zinc is more prolific in front of goal he gets more I, goals 
I think Zinc has a little bit better. Uh, I don't want to say he's more technical, but he's he got has flair. a little bit more flair. That, that's what I'm looking yeah. for. He's He's got a little bit more of that versus Ganos's. I mean, the more I watch him play, I think the I think the more that David Fuster um, comparison is is that because David Fuster didn't have flair either. He could do he could do all the yeah, simple yeah. things. Yeah. He could do all the simple things very well. He rarely lost the ball. He that's was a it. fighter, and and he gave everything on the pitch all the time. And that's what we're seeing from Ganos. This guy, I don't know if you guys are paying. He runs nonstop. He fights for everything. He can play one touch, two touch. I mean. He's about, as far as I'm concerned, like if you had 11 of him on the pitch, you'd be happy because they'll, they'll play the ball together. They'll hustle. Yeah, sure. You won't have the flair guy, but he's the type of player coaches love to have. So fantastic. Another interesting comment from Outlaw George. Says, Personally, I prefer Fortunis over Biel. Biel was a moments player. I don't know if that's what we need most at the moment. So Canos. James Fortunis for me says Outlaw Jorge. I, I know what I want. I want players on the wings that can stretch the field. That's what I think this team badly needs. And I think we're getting it from Rodine and Ramon to, to an extent. But I but I think we need to be getting that from our from our wingers too. Uh, and MBL has that tendency to play inside. He gives the space to Rodine to go up, but then that leaves us very weak in transition because Biel is inside, he's very narrow, and then Rodine gets forward, and then it's easy to just ping a ball over the top into the right where they're, where they're both upfield, and, you know, it's dangerous. And there were some comments earlier about that saying, you know, Biel, uh, when we lose the ball, he looks lethargic or he looks like he doesn't want to track back. Uh that's what happens when you know when you don't have when you don't have width as well when you play too narrow up the field and you give too much space to the fullback or you rely too heavily on the fullback to provide that width and stretch the fields uh, stretch the defenses when you're going forward so there's no the, the, like the balance that balance isn't there um i want to say that the balance looked good last week when canos was on the right with Rodine. And I would like to see that against Panathinaikos next week. I'd like to see Ganos play on the right with Rodine. Um, if that means Biel is benched, I don't know. Like the left-hand side for me is a real enigma. Like Oleg and Ramon aside, who do you play there? Masuras, who's out of form. Biel again, like, you know, once on the right, once on the left. <sighs> Um, Fortunis on the left I'm not I don't know maybe as an impact player but not to yeah. start not to Look, start him. if we're uh, going back to Jorge's comment if we're if if the proposition is we know we're playing either Biel or Fortunis out of position and the choice is between one of the two for me I'm taking Costa he has Unless... well I'll just say this. In general, on the wing, I'll take Costa. Just the way the date has been so far this year. He offers more. That's that's just the truth, unfortunately. So that's when I'm taking that's when I'm taking Costa because we know knowing what we know about the context at the very least. Yeah, but the uh, comment from Lakis Gavalas, the best option is unfortunately Vrusai. At least he can run. Can he though? 
Here's the thing. Versailles hasn't looked the same since his injury. Even when we've seen him on the wing, he hasn't really looked fantastic. I mean, not that that's saying much because like nobody's really looked fantastic on the wing for us. But it hasn't him. helped him. It hasn't helped him that he's been, you know, had, he's gone through this whole experiment of, oh, you're playing on the right at right back. Or no, now you're playing left back. Oh, now I want to play you on the wing. Exactly. It's not, it really isn't helpful for a player. Um, and at the beginning of the season, maybe I would have agreed with Lakis, like to say that, you know, Brusai yeah. is a good option to stretch the field, but he's a winger. That's his position, like left, left wing, left attacking. That's what. That's where he played for the youth team. That's where Martins introduced him. That's right. where he played his best games before he got injured. Yep. But I don't know. It's a, it's a confidence thing for him as well. Huh? Even Sergi Canos said uh, in an interview, was it with Sky Sports? I think because he played right wing back last season. Yeah, I oh, know this wasn't a public. Now this is a, something a journalist told us in England because it was it's not public. It wasn't in an interview. It was said off the record. So Canos played right wing back for Brentford pretty much all last season. Yeah. Before that, he was playing left wing, right wing, right wing is his position. He told a journalist in the UK that it will take him some time to get back to the level that he was when he's playing in a forward position. He's been so used to playing in that right back, right wing back position. It's a different, it's a different mold. There are different demands, yeah. different instructions, different expectations in a system where you're basically playing the wing by yourself than when you're playing as an attacking player up the field. Correct. Completely different. So is this is I think that kind of applies to to Mario as well. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, let me ask you though, Costa, like, cause we are talking about players, like who can play this, who can play this, who's good, who is it good. And we put a lot of this on the players, but how much of it is on the system or lack thereof. Right. Uh, in the, in the end, could that just be the defining issue here? The, the, these players that people call Parto or think that aren't good enough for Libyakos, how much of it this season could be to the fact that uh, the the system there there is no real system? We talked about over the last two games the four two 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 we were seeing uh, today. They lined up like it again, but it was very clearly four two three one, very clearly. And the shape doesn't stick around. People just move and occupy spaces, and maybe that's just the name of the game for Michel. I don't know. I have had a very hard time. We brought this up before. With Corberan, it was easy to tell what he wanted to do. Yeah. It didn't execute very well, unfortunately, which is why the team got rid of him. We didn't get the quick results. But I am having such a hard time figuring out what it is Michel wants to do. From the inconsistency in our press, especially the fact that it starts so low, which doesn't make sense because he's supposed to be a high press guy to, to the, to the movement in the mid, the, the shapes it's so disjointed and I can't figure it out. So we talk about this player can't do this. This player can't do this play with this guy. How can we expect any more of these players in, in when, when we, when we can't even figure out what they're supposed to do when, when we can't identify a system they're supposed to play in here, we are where, you know, players are clearly being played out of position, but, 
tack, tack on top of that the fact that there is no real system. So you're playing on a position. You don't even know what your role is supposed to be. I mean, we don't know exactly what they're working on in training. But if you don't know what your role is supposed to be and you're just being motivated to do what it is you do, which is my belief is what's happening, what can you expect from some of these players? Is it that they're not Libyakos material, which I'm sorry for half of the players I hear about it's bullshit? Or is it the fact that this lack of system and the fact that it's the the lack of system and the lack of understanding of certain players' roles is hurting overall production for everyone? The result in the end, Ari, is that you have a bunch of players, 11 players out on the pitch, that you know all you can expect from Olympiakos is moments of individual brilliance to unlock a defense to break the deadlock you know to to score a goal i'm having i mean to be fair in the 6-0 win we had the other day or was it 6-1 against panatolikos there were some team moves but there you basically relying a lot on on hammers Hamez's ability when he has the ball at his feet to get things moving, you know, to see things happening on the pitch before they happen. Um, and players like Rodine making runs in behind and being found with those diagonal balls, Envila um, or, or, or Hamez, yeah. So, you know, to this point about 4-2-2-2 or 4-2-3-1, I think I've said it before on the show, there's no there's no real system there's no real game plan i think i think when when he sets up the team you know if i could imagine hammers rodriguez asking mitchell uh, our coach where do you want me to play you know the coach's response will just be like mate boy you, you just go out there and do your thing you you just go and go and find the ball and make things happen that's all you say to Hammers Rodriguez. You don't say to Hammers Rodriguez, Hammers, you know, you're going to play behind the forward. I want you to I want you to support Bakambu, who's going to be making the first press, and I want you to be in behind him to make sure that we recuperate the balls high up the field and then you know generate uh generate counterattacks. It's no, it's like what? That's so that's a real problem, like with this team's identity this this season that I find. I may have mentioned it before, but it's established now that Bakambu is our number one striker. He's our starter. And Bakambu's got some pace. Like he can he can knock the ball forward and run. He can run at defenders and you know try and make them make a mistake and feel awkward under pressure. But if behind you you've got a player that can't do that, then what's the point in pressing? I mean, what's the point in pressing high up the field? Right. If you do that, then you just create massive spaces for players to run into or for just an easy pass into space. And then loads of time for a midfielder or for anyone to begin a build-up. So that's a huge problem like for Olympiacos this season. It's a huge um, handicap that we have when, when we play with James Rodriguez. Is it made up for... In terms of the the benefits that we gain from having him, yeah, in in Greece, we don't pay the price as much. You could say, um, 
this is a big question now, of course. Like, what do you want to do going into going into next season? Because there's this, you know, a big question mark hanging over everyone's head. Like, is Hamas Rodriguez going to stay next year? And some people are saying, oh, we need to keep him at all costs. And, and then and then you go back to my question earlier or my point. Do you build a team around Hamas Rodriguez or do you build a team? Look, I, I, we build a team. That's that's yeah, that's no, my preference. There's no... It, I, when I was younger, I would buy... I would buy shirts with a name on the back. And I'm, you know, actually, I bought a Marcelo shirt as well because Marcelo's Marcelo. Okay. Didn't work out. I fell into the trap like a lot of people. But, but okay. Like the point is, it's the badge on the front of the shirt, not the name on the back. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so. It's all about the team. It's not about making one player get the team ticking because then if that one player gets injured or he's unavailable, what do you do? Yeah, uh, exactly. But, but, I think the key point of that you can take from Martins's first season. You could very much argue that in that first season under Pedro Martins, our attack went through Costas Fortunis that season. It did. And when he had bad games, especially in Europe, boy, did we struggle. It was hard. So that, yeah. So I that's that season was really not that other seasons didn't tell us that before, but that season for me was the real indicator that no, you can't you can no longer build a team around one player. You have to build a team, like you said before. So that's and you saw that in the I second think. season, isn't it? When you got injured. And the team was fantastic. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. the truth. Yeah, and that's and that's why I agree with that. Uh, we we did get a check in here from from our good friend Gus Drax, the legendary guitarist. Uh, Bach Ike final score. The league is and the league is on fire. Yeah, it's an exciting season. At least look, our quality dips and 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 things get interesting. Not uh, what can you say, Costa? Uh, we have a couple of uh, other comments here. Uh, Outlaw Jorge, a good system beats great players without a system, but a great team doesn't rely on system or great players, but both of them. One day system will work. Next day, and the players have to step up. That's sure. true. But Jorge, I will ask you: How many times have we relied on the system versus the players this season? If you can think of one game where we relied on the system, uh, I'm I'm waiting. Um, uh, then from Lockies here, sorry, you look at Ike and Bach. Their players individually are two scales below ours, but the system structure make them look much better. I agree with that, one hundred percent. I can add to that too. They, if you, like, I didn't watch the game today, but a lot of my friends did. It's the passion. Yep. It's the want. It's the just diving into challenges, fouling players. They want it. They want it. And they show it from the first minute they get out onto the pitch. And again, goes back to Ari's point earlier about our pressing intensity, the first 10 minutes of the game how every single week, every single week we go out and play against the Bauca, La Mia today, we concede, we concede opportunities. Sometimes we get punished and sometimes we get let off like we did today. Could you imagine the first, was it five minutes of the game today, Tsandaris hits the bar from a shot outside the box. He's got nobody pressing him. Yeah, Pascal Aguiz was rooted. Ball was going in the top corner. It would have been 1-0. 
And then two minutes later, they put across from the right-hand side. One of their midfielders gets a free header, a free header inside our own penalty box. That was, I think, the the only time. That was the Gornozos. What's his name? Or no, sorry, not Gornozos. Romanich. Romanich is the one that got yeah, yeah. But by and large, like the, I will say at least that that um, the shot that you're referring to that hit the post, like those opportunities in general, are like very low xg. They're not actually often made that much. Now, so- as a midfielder, that was my shot. <laughs> that was my shot. Malinovsky wait- here. That was my no. It wasn't not even power. It's just somebody cuts the ball back to you there, outside a little bit outside the box, and all you've got to do, if the ball's rolling along the ground coming towards you, you just right. need to put some spin on it, and it's going to go over the keeper and dip into the net. And right, I I'm used to you. I used to love that shot and call that low xg, but the amount of times I've hit it. Ain't a low XG shot. That's a high percentage <laughs> shot for me. <laughs> anyway, sorry, winding back the clock now. No, I, but I I understand the point that you're making, and it's something I agree with entirely. Um, I, I definitely get the point that that you're making there. Um, Gosa, we're coming up on an hour here. Uh, did you want to uh, make our way over to man of the match coaches grade, or did you have more you want to say on any other players? This, I mean, I can't. I do I'm have worried, one. I'm, I, I, I'm worried about the I'm worried about the defense going into next week. Um, g- generally, I don't know. Like, yes. like I said, I am going to the Panathinaikos game um, on Saturday. For those of you that uh, might be at the stadium, I'd love to love to meet you guys. Um, look out on our Instagram channels, on our socials. I will let you know when I'm there. Uh, if you're joining for the first time, we're Gate 7 International, your number one English source for all things Olympiacos, bringing together Olympiacos fans from all over the world, diaspora Greeks and non-Greeks, many of whom have already been very much engaged in today's conversation. Um, hey guys, hit the like button if you haven't done so already. I see about 30 people in here if you guys if one of you haven't hit the like button don't forget to do that it really helps to spread the love and find more Olympiacos fans subscribe if you haven't done so already match day vlog for the Panathinaikos game will be coming so I'm taking my of course I'm taking my phone with me I'll be taking some footage and I'll be I'll be recording and live commentary as well from the stadium I'll be doing live commentary so you've got that to look forward to if you fancy it, um, what else do we want to talk about? Bar, like, I mean, we brought yeah. him up briefly before. I didn't think he had a bad game. He did. I, I thought. I thought he was fine. No real, no real moments, you know, that we that we expect from him. But but I think, like we said, in the end, I think. Uh, I think I think Doy will play Me too. next week uh, against Bantanagos. I think the big question marks that Mitchell has to uh, going into Bantanagos game is left like on the left. What, what do you do? What do you do? What exactly. do you do on the left? Because for me, like, all right, I can name a lineup, uh, and you can tell me if you disagree for Bantanagos. I'd go with Pascalakis in goal. Socrates and Doi, Rodine at right back. 
MV Lahuang midfields. Hammers 10. Canos on the right. And Bakambu up front. I have, for the life of me, for the life of me, I don't know what to do on the, on the left-hand side. Uh, I, I want, I like, if it's, if it's purely based on form, then I think Ramon edges it. Like he's, yeah, he's been, it, I want to manage expectations because I like Palacios is a good player. Palacios is one of Banfanagos' best players. And you've also got, um, who's the guy that they just signed? Mancini. Yeah. Like Mancini's, been... Man, Mancini's had a good start at Banfanagos. He plays a bit on the left, a bit on the right. They switch between them. I do see some defensive frailties uh, in uh, in Ramon, but but honestly, like looking at how Rehabchuk's been, for what Ramon can give us going forward, some threat on the left-hand side, I think if I had to choose, I'd go with, with Ramon. And yeah. I think most Olympiagos fans would agree with me. And then that just leaves left wing, which pff, uh, probably Biel. Purely and simply because because he scored against Panathinaikos as well. Scored a lovely yeah. goal in Leoforos. He has come up. Uh, he has come up in in some of these big games. Like he has scored goals in some of these games. Um, so I would play him probably on the left. And I'd like to see a bit more. The wingers change. Yeah. Like we didn't see that today. We didn't see that at all. Like instruction from the from the coach, like switch wings. Like, okay, you go over on the other side, you switch. We didn't see that today. Um, no. What do you think? Um, well, regarding this comment from Lucky's Gavalas, Doi's a bad match for Ioannidis. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, did you, if you guys watch Vo- against Volos, he sucked. And I wasn't impressed with him against Aris the week before. And then I watched the game against um, when they played La Mia. I don't. I don't rate I don't rate Ioannidis personally. I don't think he's that great of a player. So, I mean, I guess I see what he's trying to say is that like that mold of striker Doi has problems with, but Ioannidis has been for me a, a non-factor. Uh, I, I'm not super impressed with him. I don't think I don't think he's the guy that we have to worry about. I'm more worried about the wingers. Uh the situation on the left well, you know, depending on where they, I, Mancini so far has played on like that, that rights our what would be our left side. He's played there, but they, Bernard also plays there. And I'm not super convinced with Ramon defensively from what I saw today to believe that he's going to handle that. Not that Oleg has really been that much gen, better in general this season, but the, the wingers on Panathinaikos are the parts that worry me more than their striking options all things considered. So uh, again, I'm, if I were the coach, I probably wouldn't stick with anything crazy. I know everybody here is going to say Ramon. The only thing that would be my consideration for Ramon is that he is a physical guy, very aggressive. And in derbies like this, that's what you want. But I don't know. I, for me, I saw that I saw some exposure today on the defensive side of things that has me worried for a big derby at the very least. And he's a young guy, new guy. I don't know if I personally would be comfortable thrusting him into that. I probably would 
put Oleg there just for, for balance reasons. That's me personally um, on the left side. And then playing on that left wing, man, that's tough, dude. It's, it's tough, but at the same time, it's like, what other, what options do we have? <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, you want for a derby, I had somebody that tracks back. I don't think Masuros would be effective, but BL tracks back. So, yeah, more than more than Fortunis, for example. But I've said, right. I'll say it again. I think I think Fortunis is someone I'd like to bring on as a impact player. But then you've got you've also there's a case to be made for Valbuena as well. Huh? I mean, he uh, yeah. I feel like he did more things than Fortunis did today in the 20 minutes, 25, 30 minutes he was on the pitch. Yeah, uh, I would agree. He's a striker's dream, really, in terms of putting the ball into positions. Yeah. He's, still, he's still got a role to play. He still wants it um, if he can control himself. Because I didn't like what I saw from him against Ajax. Uh, like the yeah, the falling around and it's like bitching at players when we were two nil down. It's like when we're two nil down and it's stoppage time. I don't want you bitching at team like the other team. I want you to drive us forward, like get us going up the pitch. So I, I didn't. Yeah, you know, I don't. It reminds me of the shit that Garagunis used to do that I didn't like. Like yeah. Garagunis was an excellent player. But but we'll we'll know you'll know what I'm talking about. When he oh, like, especially when yeah, he got yeah, older. Yeah, yeah. When he when he got like a little somebody like tapped him on the back of the calf and he'd go over and like roll over twenty times and like, ah. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit much. But um, yeah, I, it's, it's too many tens, too many tens. Story of the year. Though. Yeah, story of the year. year. Exactly, exactly. Story of the year. Do you year. want to have a look at the table? Oh just yeah. To, now that with the uh, just to visualize this. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. So that's um, okay. So Panathinaikos is top of the table with fifty-four points. Ayek lost two 0 so they're still on fifty points with twenty-two games, one game in hand which they may or may not win uh, on paper. That's the Atromitos game that hasn't happened yet. So if, if they do, if Ayek do take that game on paper, they'll move up to 53 points. And then, of course, we're in third place. And yep. Balk are on, well, they're on 47 now, so two points behind us. Um, if we beat Panathinaikos, we go to 52 points, and that will put us, two points behind Panathinaikos and potentially three points behind Ajax. And that will be a few games before the um, the playoffs start. So <laughs> it's like I said right at the beginning of the, uh, of the episode. It's like it's been so bad. Like we think it's been such a horrible season, but we're still in it with a shout. 
and there were some some comments actually as well like do we think we can people asking us do we think we can do it people want to see us finish second so that Ari can get his titties out <laughs> uh, some people saying that ever since Ari made that comment that the team's made a big push oh there, there it is yeah you've brought it up <laughs> I don't know man I don't know man maybe they're just like okay yeah we need to get we need to get I said second so maybe they're like we need to get first so we don't see the titties look I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was the, uh, or maybe they do want to see him. I don't know. I don't know, man. They're maybe they're pushing. Who knows? It's going to get very interesting. But um, this, I wanted this comment because we didn't talk about the state of the pitch today. Uh, Gus Drax bring it up. We should comment on the field. The actual sheep or cow field we played on today. Congrats, Lamia. I don't. Why didn't we bring out uh, any of our tape measures today? Talk about how shitty this field was. Can measure the unevenness of the that field i'm sure the goalposts were uneven too the grooves the dead all the dead grass we get you know that like as a league we can get money we get money from uefa to fix our fields god it's unacceptable anyway i don't want to i don't want to remark on that because lord knows this league doesn't take the money that it can get from uefa as it is but like the field that's are, a slippery slope don't start that conversation yeah, no. Do you just want to do uh, Man of the Match coaches with Greg Costa? We can get in on that. Yeah, yeah. For those of you that are also watching live right now, uh, let us know who you think your Man of the Match is. There is an ongoing poll going on right now. Tough one, to be honest. I mean, we've given options, Ramon, Huang, Rodine, and other. If your vote was other, put it in the chat as well. If you're watching after the live, let us know who you think was Man of the Match. Today, what your coach's grade is. Like, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, my man of the match. I'll probably give it to... Probably give it to Ramon today. But like, Really? I, I, don't, I don't know, honestly. Like, I don't know who to give it to. Honestly, like, I, I'm, I really... I know who I'm giving it to. I really struggle. I really struggle giving it to someone today. I so say, I thought like Huang had some moments during the game, but it's not enough for me. It's not enough for me like to give it to him. Uh, I really don't know. I, I'm struggling so bad today with man of the match. I have no idea. I mean, I guess I could see, I could see the, I could see the Ramon pick, right? He he did have a good game today. I don't think it was man of the match. Right? I don't but think he did have a game. Open the think... open the scoring gates. I don't think anyone played above a seven. So when when I when I rate, I take six point five as a starting point, up or down. No oh, really? one. Yeah, yeah. Six huh. six point five is my starting point. Well, that I know. I've, I I I have a very I clear. For me, it was very clear. Honestly, who 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 stood out today? So Bakambu scored a nice goal. Bakambu scored a nice goal. Um, Fluffed another one. Um, Canos had a nice assist. Didn't really put a foot wrong today. Samaseku, wonderful goal. You could give it to him for that goal. But otherwise, like, he didn't impress me besides the no. goal. Samaseku for me is not a shout. To be, to be As far as I'm concerned, I wouldn't have given it to him. Even though he had a great goal, I wouldn't have given it to him. Who's your man of the match then? Because you said it's clear. Really? 
I, I can't put I mean you brought it up, but you said he didn't really impress you. Huang and Bum for me is man of the match. Wow. Like, okay. Yeah. For, he didn't maybe, score a goal. Maybe it's because we both have really like very high expectations of him. It's like probably, yeah. I think that's it. It's like he he hit the bar. He he put in a really nice ball. I think it was it led it led to a, a, a scoring opportunity. Yeah. And the guy like Hundred touches again. Almost everything went through him today. Yeah. He was all over the place playing the ball. I counted two times he lost the ball today. Two times. Personally, if I look, if I'm looking at Sofa score, ninety five percent pass accuracy. He's involved in everything. He had. I mean, he also did defensive duties too. Not just Samaseku. We saw that here. I think Lambros in the comments here, so I'm going to dog him a little bit. The guy that Lambros said can't defend. He defended very well today. Got involved, box to box, all over the place. He didn't score a goal, but that's my man of the match. I mean, involved in everything. I can't think of many pieces of buildup that didn't have him involved in it, and that's hugely important for me. Like, you know, I I, I understand the shout. I could definitely understand the shout for Ramon. Um, uh, I'm very curious to see what the chat voted on for this. By the way. So I, I could see the case for Ramon. He opened the scoring. He did very well today. But I, I don't think the impact was man of the match. That's me personally. Um, uh, I definitely don't think, even though Samaseku had a great goal, like he didn't have, like, and he won a, some balls in the midfield, that he didn't have enough impact on the game that I believe he was deserving of that. You know what I mean? Sergi Canos, I also thought played very well today. He had that lovely assist. Um, I could see him being a shout too, just because yeah. of that. But uh, again, the the guy that for me was like involved in everything, and who and who for me had a lot of influence on the game was Wang Bomb, and he didn't even score a goal or have an assist today. So that's I am very curious to see what the chat voted on for this. So I can tell you, yeah, right me. now as it stands, Ramon is winning with thirty nine percent. Huang is in second place with 34%. 7% said Rodine and 20% said other. Uh, it's, I mean, it's tight, but it's very reflective of yeah. what we've said. It's kind of hard to pick out someone in particular that really... I mean, like you said, Huang is not involved in any of the goals, but for what it's worth, like you said, he's... He's got so many touches. Passing accuracy is insane. Maybe I'm being hard on him, but I expect I expect utter domination. Like because that's him. what he does. That's what yeah. He does. That's like, I want I, I want more. Like I expect more from him in a game like this where he's playing right. against a team that you know a team where we should have 70 percent of possession. Yeah, which, which I don't. Did. did we? Like I haven't looked at the possession stats to be honest. Seventy. Um, Socrates is um, Socrates injury isn't serious. I think he'll play on Saturday. Labra. But uh, this comment from River R. Huang did not have to run for three today, like he always has to do with Mvila and Hamis on the pitch. Fair. So that could be why maybe you know because he had a couple games where I think his his quality that we've come to expect did dip a little bit. So I'm wondering yeah. if maybe that has something to do with it. Not not to put shade on. Jan and Villa or James, it's just the nature of how both of them play and the positions they occupy. I, I, I would I would challenge that comment in a sense that Fortunis doesn't really offer much defensively. And Samaseku was in no man's land for most of the first half. 
So, you know, running for th- wasn't running for three. I saw enough mo- you know, moments today where we got cut open easily by Lamia in the first half in particular because the positioning was all wrong. Well, so li- what do you what do you prefer then? Do you prefer a player that is positionally astute, Jan and Vila, but can't run as much, or a player that's not tactically astute but can run all day? And what's more important for the Derby is the question. Which there's no you- way there's no way in hell that I'm you know if I if I'm coach I'm not playing Jan and Vila next Saturday. especially because you know they're going to come out and they're going to press us like they did last time. That like, like every team has done in a derby. And he's the coolest we have in possession when it comes to that. Everybody plays the ball to him as an outlet when we start getting pressed high. So that answers the question for me. But th- but this is this is the trade-off. What what do you start with? Because I see people saying we have to start Samaseku. And it's it's that's the risk, man. That's so what do you prefer? Are you going to stick with the guy that's the veteran that's more tactically astute that can't run? Or do you stick with the guy that's going to run all day but leave you open all over the place? That's the trade-off. That's an propos- interesting proposition to say the least. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a question of balance that we don't have in the midfield. Yeah. I a mean, lot of that. Yeah. It's, it's a big discussion, right? It's like... Yanin Villa's contract's coming to an end at the end of the season. Samaseku's on a on a loan with a 14 million euro release clause, which we're never going to pay. So then you're left with Huang as your most valuable asset going into the summer. Let's let's be honest here. Like there are going to be bids for Huang this summer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he wants to stay. A lot of it's going to depend on what competition we're playing in. Next yeah. season, uh, it's it's a real tricky one, guys. But like we've got to, we've got to base things on what we have now, what we know now. Um, for me, Samaseku has to play in a three-man midfield. Three-man midfield means no hammers. Is yeah. that going to happen? But no way, I can't see that happening. Unless you stick him on the right like we used to do with Rivaldo. That's what Bajevic used to do when we played in Europe. He'd play a 4-4-2 and he'd have Rivaldo on the formation that UEFA showed on the right. But it was one of those where you just say to Rivaldo, go out there, do your thing. Right, exactly. Let's say also say that Rivaldo was model professional. Even at the age that he came, he was very fit. Very fit for his age. Only ate fish. Only ate fish at the club canteen. Go and watch our interview with Peter Filipakos. Yeah. Where he, he, he talks about diet and some of the other players, what they were eating. I remember that, what he said about Rivaldo. Everyday fish. Fish and vegetables, nothing else. Never changed his diet. Even if you look at him today, the guy's ripped. The guy still oh, yeah, still. It's crazy. Him and Giovanni. Yeah. Can you imagine insane. if Giovanni was in that shape? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> when, he was, when, he, when he was playing, it's like I, I look at him now and I was like, dude, you weren't that 
Do you remember that fit when you were playing? Fuck's sake. Uh, yeah, he didn't care he was that good. You know what, though, Kosha? I, it, I was just thinking about this, kind of like the Samaseku, like, out of position thing and not being tactically astute. We could walk that back and argue we don't know really whether or not because of the formations or the tactics lack, lack thereof that we have, if he really is or not. Because if we don't know what the coach wants from him, it's fair to say that maybe he doesn't either. He's just doing what he thinks is right, trying to play off of somebody. Just to be, I was just thinking about that, to be fair to the player. Yeah, I, I don't know. This is triggering a lot of, a lot of different thoughts and discussion in the chat as well. Uh, <laughs> like is Gavalas talking about a 4-4-2 with Carlos, Juan, Samaseku and Villa and James back up front. Do you know what? Like one idea that I had as well was like a 4-4-2 diamond formation. But the thing is, at this point in the season, if it's not something that that, that we tried to work on, during the the winter, like the winter mid-season camp that they did in Spain, then you just can't you can't just say, yeah, I'm going to go and try diamond formation and play Mvila as my six, my holding player, my pivot, and then Huang and Samaseku as my two central midfielders, Hamas Rodriguez as my ten, and then Pep Biel playing off Bakambu. And just having two pure wing backs in that diamond formation in the middle with the players that we have and the balance of our squad for me that looks like the best thing that we can play it's like a vertical kind of tiki taka with two wing backs that bomb up and down but we're never we're never going to see that we're never going to see that this season i will i will eat shit <laughs> if we if we see a four-four-two diamond with Pep Biel playing as a as a second striker next to Bakambu and uh, and James as ten, Samaseku, Huang and Villa. That's my opinion, but 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 I understand. The coach never tried it, never tried it. Who knows what we'll see, man? I'm sure we'll get ideas. We'll get the reports from training. What he's trying. We'll get uh, a better idea of what we're going to see there, but. It's going to be interesting, man. This is this is like another one of those all important do or die matches because we win. Here we are. We're we're fighting chance. We're still there, top three. You know, as we get to the close of the season. But if we lose, it's just like, you know what I mean. It just looks that much more difficult because then we're going to have even more work to do when we get to the playoffs because our schedule is not getting much easier. So. It's tough, man. And plus, like, if we lose another derby, like, that's going to crush whatever momentum's been built up over the last two weeks. Like, if we're if we're going to want to carry this going forward, we really, 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 really have to get get some kind of result out of this. That's just me personally. Yeah, and uh, the man that some people call Mister Grumpy, or what is it, Grumpy Old Man? He's in the chat. We were we were expecting him to come and join us, but we're still waiting. <laughs> no worries, Labro. He says, if we lose, the season's finished. Wrap it up, head home. Would be a historic embarrassment. 
Costa will be there, so we can't lose in my book, of course, because I'm going. There you go. Good luck. Anyone in the luck. chat? Are any of you going to the game? Like, right in the chat now. If you're going to the game, I want to know. I want to know if you're going to the game. But yeah, man, um, it is uh, it is a do or die game against Bayern. It, it really is, and it's not the first time we say that this season. But yep. what is it? We've got. I think we've got another game after this, and then we've got Ajax in the cup and Ajax yep. in the in the league. Ajax Sofia. Yep. After Panathinaikos, we have Levadiakos um, directly after them. That's like our one like not not derby type of match, and then. And then it's all derbies. And then it's all derbies after that. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Well, guys, as we come to the close here, don't forget to like and subscribe. Can Help us continue to grow this community. If you missed the new intro, go check it out. We're also going to post it on socials too, so I hope you guys like it. We love it. Gives me goosebumps every time. I get fired up every time I hear it. Amazing work by our good friend here, Gus Drax. I mean, this guy shreds. It's incredible. I wish I had that talent amazing stuff thank you again buddy for for doing that for us it is awesome uh this is my favorite intro obviously that we've had play we've had some again. pretty good ones play, play it again right, now instead of the outro play it again uh you know what that's what we'll do instead of doing the normal outro we're gonna play the intro again for you and hopefully you guys <laughs> like it as much so don't forget help us grow the red and white community and thank you everyone for listening especially if you made it this far this is gate seven international by the fans for the hip by the fans for the fans, and I hope you love the shredding by Gus Drax. See you guys later.